1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Total Screamers, I'm Samuel, joined by Jake, Say hello Jake. Hi guys, welcome back. I was Joy Jed, Say hello Jed. Uh, hello, and a guys. happy screaming new year to, to everybody that's tuning in. Uh, I, as the boys know, I was an absolute clip yesterday, we were supposed to record yesterday, we were supposed to do an episode, of not Voice. boys? I sadly couldn't make it, because I'd a full gin agenda night before, very, very shameful, and I uh, spent the entire day wishing I'd die. <laughs> 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 How was your new year, boys? You have a good one.
2: Everyone's too bad. It was a quiet one. Um, popped open a bottle of Prosecco with the missus, and that was about it, really. Watched a bit of Alicia Keys on the BBC. <laughs> 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 I, was, uh, uh, I was
3: probably asleep by about four minutes past midnight last night. So I had a very successful new year for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was in bed for the Bells. Um, Commentized. i uh, been watching the new series of Vikings, which is absolutely superb. Uh, and we're going to go straight into a preview for uh, match week 17. Um, providing that the majority of these games do go do go ahead, <laughs> hopefully. Um, Everton West Ham is is one we've got later on today. What do we think of that one, boys?
2: I think Everton will sense an opportunity to to gain another three points here. Um, I think they're at home. They've had a little bit of a rest because the last game didn't go ahead. Um, West Ham are a decent enough side to to give them problems, but I think Everton probably too strong here. Um, they'll be looking at bringing back the the big names. Yeah, like yeah, you know, Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, um, Rodriguez, etc. bring back into the side and and I think they'll find it quite like a routine routine victory to be Yeah, nice. I
3: think it's it's it definitely helps Everton that they had their extra break. Obviously we know that this is a really busy period of football and to have an extra couple of days off does make a difference. Um David Moyes is obviously gonna be looking for his, his first win at Goodison Park since he'd left Everton, still not actually won since he's gone back. Um so I think it. I think it could be quite a, a good game. Um, not not the worst way to start a New Year. Um, but I I do think Everton will be too strong for West Ham.
1: Actually, what I'm looking forward to, I think. Um, in terms of the result, I think yeah, I think like you said, boys, I think the the extra time off for Everton will be uh, <laughs> a big factor. Um, on on this result, I mean, personally, I think yeah, Everton's going to be too strong, but like Moisey. You know, maybe maybe West Ham carry over a bit of momentum <laughs> and actually come into this match. And obviously, Moyes well, will want he's first win at oh, Goodison, <laughs> like you said, Jake. Uh, although <laughs> player for player, I think you just it's, Everton's a better squad. It's a better first eleven. They're, they're, they're stronger in almost probably almost pos- every position in the pitch. Maybe Suchek is a player I really really like, and you know he could pop up with a goal at any. Any time against any opposition, uh, just due he's like sheer height. I really think he could go on and play for for a you know a, a top six side. What do you think, boys? I mean, he's not like the most technically gifted player you've ever seen in the Premier League, but in terms of getting the business done, you know, it was, he's he's a cracking player.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, you could definitely see him getting a move to a bigger club or a club in in the top six, as you say. I mean, he's, he's a classic sort of box to box midfielder, isn't he? And and he's got a a big aerial presence as well so from set pieces he's really dangerous and I think if, if there's anyone in the West Ham team who's going to cause Everton real problems or you know potentially be the game changer from West Ham it is, it is Suchek at the moment and um, like I say I think that Everton probably still too strong but um, you could definitely see him popping up with a goal and this, this week <laughs> I've started him in my fantasy <laughs> league so I hope that he does I hope that well, he does pop you know starting
3: someone if you're leaving them out for so long he's going to have an absolute stinker and get sent off don't you yeah <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely two, yeah. two yeah. points or a, something I'm just yeah. a weighted bag a hundred
1: quid on Everton now <laughs> 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 yeah I think it's, it's a decent game to start the new year um I think they probably had this down like when they made the, the, the sketch. obviously they don't, they don't make the, the fixture schedule but they they fucking do <laughs> they probably had this maybe down as, as a nice <laughs> competitive match before watching Man United um yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll, yeah. be it'll actually be an okay watch. That uh, I've got it pencilled in as it's been an okay watch. Uh, after that, we go over to uh, Man United, Aston Villa. Aston Villa want a they want to keep the morale high. They won't want to be embarrassed by Man United by any means. As at home, it Old Trafford. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah, Man United will be played better. They'll be playing much much better football. What do, what do you think, boys? Well,
2: I think this is going to be a really really good game, um, Villa. At the moment, I think they haven't lost in five games. like that. They've, they've got themselves up there into the Europa League places. And at the moment, Man United, like you say, are playing really good football as well. So it's definitely going to be a, a good contest. And I, at the moment, can't really call which way it can go. To be honest, I think I, I think that Villa definitely have the potential to walk away with all the points as the Man United. So it's, yeah, it's definitely going to be a game. I think game. it's
3: got. The makings of a really good game. Villa are a really solid side, aren't they? And they're so full of confidence at the moment. Um, if if they can get Grealish involved and, and he, let him sort of play how he wants to play, then they'll play well. But I think Tyro Mings is definitely going to be a big miss for them. He, you know, he's their their talisman at the back, isn't he? And without him, I wonder how they will
1: get on in this. So well, that's the thing. Does this, this has band carry over? Because obviously that they uh, yeah, will carry over to this him. so now yeah. they're missing Tyrone games because they were supposed to play Newcastle before United so that would have been the game that Tyrone Mings would have missed you know and I kind of feel like if you were to pick a game for your key talisman defender to miss it probably against Newcastle and not Manchester United
2: <laughs> yeah I mean they've they're coming in off the back of a, a respectable draw against Chelsea though in, in the week um so I think as I say, they'll be full of confidence and, and going forward I think Villa are, are strong. Um equally, you know, United United's weakest part mm-hmm. of their side is probably their defence. And then it's sort of the the, the same for, for United going forward, they're really strong as well. So that's why I think it's gonna be an, an intriguing sort of contest. Um and if you get the likes of El Ghazi and, and Grealish in those positions where they can take a chance, I think they will. And you can say exactly the same for the likes of Rashford and Martial. You know, on the United, on the United side. So yeah, definitely, definitely going to be the showpiece of the evening. (laughs) <laughs> of the two games that are on, I today. was quite
3: surprised reading
2: actually that the Villa have only beaten United
3: once in 43 Premier League games. I think that's a Whoa. that's a crazy sort of stat. Yeah, they drew 11, lost 31, and won one in the Premier League. And I I, I didn't know it was that sort of bad <laughs> for Villa, um, but that's an atrocious <laughs> statistic when you look at it. So they'll be they'll be hoping that they can end that <laughs> yeah. for sure.
1: Hundred percent they'll be looking to Yeah, his, history's probably on side. hundred percent be looking to set that record a little bit a little bit kinder to them, even though even though a wind probably doesn't change how bad it looks on paper. Um in terms of how, how I think the match will go, I think I think you've got it's got to be said that um filler have a superior midfield to um uh uh You'd Manchester managed. United. I've talking about the <laughs> still slightly hungover <laughs> two-day hangover in it, <laughs> uh, and not in terms of Bruno Fernandez. Obviously, at this moment, I think Bruno Fernandez is, is the informed player, uh, midfielder of the Premier League. But obviously, plays quite a bit further forward than uh, the the other uh, Aston Villa. Midfielders that obviously Jack really just likes to sort of drift central and out onto the left. It's sometimes even if the game's not going his way, we will just kind of go wherever the ball is out on the right hand side as well. But I think in terms of like John McGinn, uh, Douglas Ruiz, uh against um, Fred and McTominay, I think just in terms of work rate and sort of like obviously we've seen great performances from from McTominay recently, great performances for Fred, but we've seen it every week, every week. Um, and and Aston Villa and Aston Villa's midfield has performed every single week in the, in the Premier League. So I'd, pro- I'd probably peg them down as being up for the challenge and probably out-muscling, or out trying to at least um, put down a marker in midfield and, and saying that this is an area of the pitch where we definitely um, want to have quite a lot of, or win a lot of the contests, a lot of the setting balls, a lot of, a lot of the challenges and stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be crucial for them. And
2: I think, like you say their midfield... Would seem at the moment like they're going to be have a stronger performance than United, as good as United are, and as good as those players are, you know, like some McTominay and Fred. Um, yeah, what you've got to remember is they've come off the back of a you know almost dropping points against Wolves the other night, and Wolves caused them some problems in the midfield as well. So, I think Villa can can easily do the same.
3: Yeah, I echo. I echo that. I think the midfield's where this game potentially is going to be won. Um, both sides will be looking to dominate it and get on the ball and give it to their key men, Grealish and Fernandez, and and hopefully let them do the rest of the work. So I think I think it it's, it has got potential to be a, a really entertaining game. Yeah, a lot
1: definitely, of potential for goals definitely. in there as well. Hopefully, I'm hoping to see a lot of goals in that picture, a lot of competitive this as well. Um, I hope it's not just yeah. the, an echo of wolves when it's now now and then Rash Rashford makes it in the, in the final minute of the game and then right at the, rate the death of the game and it's just so Man United uh, score, scoring in Ferguson time and Alex Ferguson's in the in the stadium. Yeah, so 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 typical. Oh, what do, you, what do you reckon the score will be? I'm
2: going for <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I I mean, I hope
1: it's right. Imagine. I hope you're right. Don't get me
3: wrong. <laughs>
1: Well, it's been announced 4-4 on the Screamer, so it's going to be like, no, no, it's going to be no. 100%. 100% of me, no, no, no. Uh, for me, I probably can't call this game. If I was just to hazard a guess, and, and I would say it's a complete guess, I'd probably say Man United might be edge it like 3-1. I was going Like, it's gonna competitive, but Man United have the mm. the quality up front that probably changes it. And it'll probably look like... Um, My United will be able to utilise counter counter-attacking football in this, in this game, just because I don't think they will win the battle in midfield. And I think a lot of it will be off the back of moving the ball quickly through the lines uh, and the channels to get by, obviously, those physical players in the midfield at Aston Villa. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually unsure if Tyrone Rings is back for this game. I'm unsure. I need to, I need to look it up, but I think depending on what it is, I think that's a big game changer as well. Uh, but moving on to, this is this is a good game. This is a yeah Spurs Leeds. This is is it like is it going to be echoes of like Bielsa versus Pep? <laughs> it's like it's like a one it's a it's a one old draw, but it's like the most interesting one old draw you ever seen in your life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Spurs are going to underestimate Leeds for a second. Um, I think that Mourinho is going to try and sort of nullify their attack a little bit because Leeds, when they go forward, as we've already said before on on previous shows, they they can beat anyone on their day. Um, they showed how clinical they can be against West Brom last time out as well um, so I think it's, it's going to be a, a very interesting game again um, but I, I think potentially we could see this one finish as a draw just because Spurs aren't going to want to let uh, Leeds have too much of the ball going forward they're want they going to try and keep things tight and, and it'll be a, a Mourinho defensive performance I think from Spurs so that's where I think it might be a bit of a a less exciting game. Than yeah, I we would think it's, it's it's inter- it's definitely
3: one of those ones where you look at the two managers and, and you you think, yeah, this is gonna be entertaining. The way Leeds have been playing this season, they're always entertainment. They're the ones that everyone wants to watch. And Tottenham at times as well have been really entertaining themselves, you know, quite a free-flowing score inside. They've sort of dropped off from that recently, got into a bit more of like a Mourinho type of team I'd say um I yeah I again I think this is quite a hard game to call because you know like we've said on previous pods it depends on what leads turn up if it's one that can put away their chances then it's going to be very very entertaining but if it's the leads that it's just fragile at the back and and allows Tottenham to to get the ball and and attack them then it will still be entertaining but I think I think Tottenham probably just have a bit too much for Leeds um, in terms of experience in the Premier League.
1: I just think that Josie is one of those managers that he'll kind of relish this challenge, mm-hmm. and it will be about ba- a battle of like two very very adept tactical minds, uh, two two tactical minds that approach ma- uh matches in different uh, different sort of avenues, and I do think Josie will be he'll be like. Um, Doing all the research on on how Leeds move the ball, how they typically do it, and he'll setting up to to guard against that. Very, very, um, and I think I think you'll probably see Leeds on the front foot. Maybe tire themselves out and mm. and see Spurs take their chances. And there's a reason why Mourinho likes Harry Kane and, and Son so much. It's because they kind of only need one shot in front of goal. Yeah. And they can put it away, yeah. and, and that and that's we can win the matches. I, I would expect like uh, both being fit, obviously, uh, Son and Kane to start this game, and I think Spurs will just be looking to shut off those Charles, shut off those passes. Um, they won't be count- Spurs won't probably allow themselves to be counting that attack at all, um, and I think we'll probably see them probably doing a similar job as, as they did against City, where it's just kind of like Harry Kane does a performance where he just kind of holds up the ball and. And it just seems like there's no way in for Leeds, but Spurs, when they get the ball, they can just break and and it can be over. And you know, they could. If you look at their counter-attacking yeah. goals and how quickly they move it from from front to back, they're probably the quickest team at moving the ball from front to back and, and uh, getting and, and a goal. they get inside the goals at the other end. I mean, yeah, Son, Kane, I If both of them fit, and I think Leeds may just find themselves playing right in Spurs' hands. Yeah, they are a lethal combination when they're together and, and like you say, I mean,
2: if it's the lead side that turn up where they do expose their sort of defensive weakness and and they are guilty of playing themselves yeah. into trouble as well at times at the back, if it's that side that show up and, you know, the ball was dropping to Harry Kane, for example, in a, a goal-scoring position, it, there's only really going to be one outcome. Um, so I think that they're going to have to work hard to make sure that doesn't happen, but I, I would agree with what you said, Simo, in that it's probably going to be, you know, Leeds tiring themselves out potentially, and Spurs then taking the opportunity. And you know, everybody's saying, "Well played, Mourinho!" at the end of the the end of the game, really. Uh, but I think at the moment for Tottenham, this is a big game because they've been in a little bit of a slump, and that they've not been winning games. They haven't really been been playing brilliantly going forward. Um, so it is is definitely going to be. A big game for them, and then hopefully, you know, they'll be they'll be fired up and and give us a good a good game.
1: Yeah, I think they um, <laughs> uh, may be seeing like uh, the, the pundit's giving it a bit of a you know, saying the usual Mourinho man masterclass, and then somebody else will say, oh, but it's boring football, so it doesn't count. And yeah, we'll probably see echoes of that if that yeah. happens. <laughs> if, if, if Leeds are ruthless and when they do get in front of goal, which they will, because uh, Mourinho will probably prepare for that, and they are lethal and ruthless. And put away their chances. Yeah, I think they can walk away with the three points here. Um, definitely. Uh, the next game is probably one that's been sent as a gift to Roy Horston. <laughs> he, gets, he gets to play Sheffield United <laughs> at home, right? This is the chance for him to turn around his form. But Chris Wilder will be like, oh, this is a sp- gift. Palace or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a gift as well. So, yeah, this is their gift. Um, yeah. I think I think the Palace pile on the misery. Yeah. I do. I think. I think Palace actually getting it result so, here. What do you think, boys? Um, I don't
2: know. I, I don't know whether it's going to be a, a walkover from Palace. I think probably they will. They will win the game, but I'd say it's probably going to be one nil or something like that. Um, Chef United, you know, for all their flaws this season, they have in the last couple of games or so been showing patches of a sort of the this kind of fighting spirit that you need to to get results. Um, it's just that they're not clinical enough when they're cr- like carving out these chances for themselves. So. I think we're probably going to see the same again from them. They'll have patches throughout the game where they do string a few passes together, they get themselves in good positions, uh, but they're not going to take the chances and, and they'll be punished by Palace for that because Palace have got you know the likes of Zaha in, in the side who you know, can can run the game on their day. So um, I think it's probably going to be a like a one-nil, nothing special mm-hmm. about the game really, just an average sort of Premier League <laughs> yeah, Saturday it's, it's, fixture. Um
3: it's a game that I think both sides will be looking at and going we can get a win here Um, Sheffield United have got a lot going wrong and they've got a lot of (laughs) like history that they could make in a bad way you know they could go 20 league games without a (laughs) win Uh, and then this one the third team in the top flight well this is already a fact they're only the third team in top flight history to remain winless at the turn of the year and that's the first time for them in 118 years so you know that's there's some statistics for Palace uh, for Sheffield United that they want to get rid of and they want to get that first win but I think Palace will have too much for them I agree I agree with you both I think Palace will have too much for them but I can't see it being a whitewash I'm gonna yeah 2-0 1-0 something like that I can't see for Sheffield United's
1: misery ending here Chris, Chris Wilder has to win this game has to has to I mean like, right, yeah, I've, I've been saying that for weeks. <laughs> I feel like a broken record here. I think it's a yeah. disgrace he's still on a job. I really do. I mean, like, surely. I mean, I've seen managers up before far, far better than Chris Wilder. He got the sack, <laughs> maybe undeservedly. So um, I have no idea how he's still on a job. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's not as if he's like, it, uh, do you know, what? it's not as if he's so close to getting... Mm. I mean, you, you are said they are picking up like slight sort of scrappy things, but they need to be far more ruthless. They need to be far more, you know. Sort of, I just I've never seen. I can't remember the last time in football I seen a manager unperform, <laughs> or perform this badly, uh, and not get the sack. I think it's crazy about. I feel man, like if they don't sack him
3: by January, mm. he's going to stay till the end of the season. I feel like if they don't get rid of him in January, then why would you then bring somebody else in? At that point, it, it, it's all over. Yeah,
2: and. Any time after any time after January, exactly. it's going to be too little, too yeah, late. Yeah, no manager's really, going to take the job because whoever comes in is yeah. not going to have enough time Absolutely to be able not. to to turn things around. Really, especially given the position they're in and how many <laughs> results they would need to get. I mean, you could have a new manager bounce, but like nobody has a new manager unbeaten <laughs> run of like ten games or something ridiculous like that, do they? So not with this squad, um, yeah, he's he's on <laughs> like. You would think that he'd be on like the thinnest of thin ice at this point. It looks like he's one yeah. of the most most secure yeah, jobs I'm in the sure world. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's a really weird situation for <laughs> Sheffield. Because I think we're all would be on like if they were going to sack they would have done it like weeks ago. Yeah. And it's just like that dude, man. He must like have something on his boss, man. He must have like a, <sighs> a videotape of him, like you know what I mean, like in an orgy <laughs> or something. He's like, he just like i to said this to your wife if you give me the sack and he's just like, Chris, Chris, please get a result. <laughs> <laughs> like, just get rid of it. Just win one game and I can justify
3: my reasoning. <laughs> no. Scandal at Sheffield
1: Oh man, man I'm just going to do it
3: first. Scandal. Yeah, they're here
1: for Scandal at <laughs> Sheffield United. We're going to get a knock on the door in a minute, but. Let's go. Yeah, Delete that recording If we get sacked, we'll just mysteriously disappear Along with us (laughs) Along with The only podcast to unravel a mystery Um, (laughs) Oh, Oh, we're all going to (laughs) die Moving on to Brighton Wolves I mean, both, both managers maybe need, both managers need a win here. Yeah. Uh, Graham Potter definitely needs a win. I think, uh, I, I watched, that, I, I read a wee bit that, that Potter does feel like he's been backed by the board and I think we are going to see Brighton make some transfers in January to kind of peak their form and I do still stand by their, their form has been, bar a few individual performances, has been on a bit of a knife edge and it just kind of needs it to tip for them to get, um, get, get three points or so. Uh, but they'll be looking at this. I think, Potter's is the manager that think anybody outside the big six when they're at home he'll he'll probably have a penalty in his so like for sort of three points yeah. or at least a point. Uh, but Nuno is probably going to be looking at this and saying this this is probably going to be a bit of a bounce game. Let's let's go into the break and, a, and a, on a high here. Um, I think player player to player will definitely have the superior side. Uh, the only advantage probably Brighton have on a, or, on this is is being at home doesn't really count for too much these days uh, in this in this season. Um, so. Both just what I win but I can think Wolves away, edge it.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think Brighton definitely have got equality in their squad, and like you say, their forms on a knife edge. Um, I think they need to have a, a good transfer window to bring in a couple of players just to sort of bolster the squad a little bit. I'd give them a bit more depth, and then they can go back to you know get back to winning ways. But they've definitely got the potential there in the squad to do that, um, and they're good enough not to go down um, in this game. As you say, they've got the home advantage, but. It doesn't really count for too much at this point. I think Wolves, whilst you know they're um, in need of a win as well, you know obviously we'll we'll treat Brighton with with respect, but have too much for them at the same time. So I think yeah, I'll go, I'm going. To yeah, Wolves
3: I, here. I, uh, I, I echo both what you both say. I think I think Wolves will have too much of Brighton. I agree with you, Samo. When I've watched Brighton this season, I've. I'm always quite sort of impressed by how well they play. They move the ball,
1: they moved. Yeah, their counter attacking yeah. ability, the way they move the ball, I think um they've got some really good defenders. What's that, that boys name? Ben Johnson I think he's now. Yeah. I, I think he's uh he played for Leeds, ben White, didn't he? Ben White. Ben White. Ben White, I'm thinking. Yeah. Still half hangover. Hung, half hangover. <laughs> uh, uh but yeah, I think he yeah, he's a cracking he's a cracking player. He kind of looks like um the, the the definition of a modern centre-back, yeah. which is basically just a midfielder that plays much, <laughs> much deeper. Uh, he's so good with yeah. the ball at his feet. He can <laughs> hit the ball. Um, he's got his He's physical. He's tall. You know, right, he has the makings. Of a, there's a reason why Marcelo Bielsa wanted him to stay at Leeds. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a reason for that. And I think he is very, very good uh, at picking the players who does want to fit his system. So if he could fit a Bielsa system, generally means that he's going to be quite physically fit, quite physically strong and really good with the ball at his feet, as most Bielsa players are. <laughs> um, uh, other standout players in the Brighton squad, I think. Um, Adam Lallana, when he plays, I think he does does do a good job. Uh, Grossman, I think it's good. Tyreek um, for me, he's the one. Grossman, just gross, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <And>, uh, Tyreek <laughs> Lam- Lamptey, I think, is a standout. Who's Absolutely. That? Oh, really 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 top prospect he's so physically fast but he's that only gets you so far the premier league he's not, he's uh, not in this
3: game either which is a shame because he's such an, he's uh, an outlet for them isn't
2: he and i, I think he's so good yeah as a as a you know a wing back he does really mm-hmm. well going forward doesn't he i think i like adam webster as well at the back as a center half he's, mm. he's big and strong solid center back uh very good in the air so i mean this is this is what i mean when i say i think they're, they're good enough not to go down the yeah. quality's there um I think what they're lacking at the minute is just you know the bit of luck they need they need to start getting some results on the board and potentially bring another centre forward in who's going to who's going to consistently score goals because you've got the likes of Mope who's a good player and he can take chances but doesn't always do it um wellbeck has his issues with fitness yeah. and things like that and feel, you know you can't rely on him Philip like Mope's so, just a
1: bit too small to play through the middle it's a bit too small to play directly through the middle. I Essentially, think Essentially, so much
2: better like out in the left. Yeah, yeah. I think he
1: Yeah, I think I think he definitely needs to play as yeah, a part if of he had, two rather than uh, yeah. Being I think the main yeah. Uh, either play as part of two. Or, even yeah, if he, I was going to say like, if he's out in the left, he probably have to do a lot more defensive duties, like uh, like Lampte, But yeah, I, mm. I think he just maybe a bit. I mean, that's probably just an old school thing to say. with not a whole lot behind <laughs> that. He's not big enough to play through the middle. Um, because he has so good with his feet and he can really strike the ball well, uh, but I just feel like he's strongest when he's like on the edge of the the, the box, just cutting it inside and then putting it on put it on his right foot. Um, Aye, ah, but other than that, yeah, Brighton. I just think they have the, the players they have are probably too good to go down. Yeah, um, they've, they've, they've been really unlucky,
3: I think as yeah. well. Like they played, like I say earlier, you know, when I watch them, I think these are a good side, but they're just they're a bit unlucky as well, aren't they? Really, they just don't mm. seem to get. The, the right sort of luck in the areas
2: yeah I think they'll, they'll like I say I mean they'll put in a good performance against the majority of teams but other teams will have too much for them like, like this game we're saying Wolves are going to have too much for them <laughs> I think that's going to be the case where you're going to be looking at it and saying oh you know you could make a case for Brighton uh, you know deserving a point from that game or something but because they they aren't maybe clinical enough um, or you know the other team are just yeah. in the end just are too strong that, that they won't get the result um, and I think that like i say that some of the talent that, that wolves have got in their team will definitely cause problems for them you know uh, we spoke before about obviously the likes of podents and, and Neto and tra- uh, Traore and what they do in the team uh, i think that will just prove to be too strong for them but yeah it's going to be a case of looking back at it and going yeah Brighton essentially you essentially unlucky again um but the quality yeah. is definitely there.
1: back to the to the back three as well um I think if they got a little bit a little bit freters um with the, with the back two, um or the other or back four even. Uh I don't think like even though like Conor Cody I think is like a top Premier League pro centre back. I just think he just, he's just so used to playing in a back three that you know what I mean, he has yeah. Club Captain he plays like every minute every game of, like every season. Uh so yeah, he definitely suits being in a back three. I think a lot of the squad are just happier um in a in a back three. Uh because obviously that suits counter-attacking a lot more as well. Which they are, they are prime, They they are the counter-attacking side in the Premier League because um, that's just Nuno's philosophy. Um, is being able to play without the ball and 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 being able to capitalise on opportunities for you know quality players. Uh, then we go to West Brom Arsenal. And I'm going to say Big Sam win. <laughs> oh, do you really think
2: that, uh, that Big Sam is going to pull out pull one out of the bag here? Um, I, I personally, I think Arsenal are going to win this game. After the events of, of this week, um, I think obviously West Prom will be hurting from the hmm. the pasting that hmm. they took from Leeds, <laughs> and they were shocking, um, absolutely brilliant own goal as well in that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with the. <laughs> Sawyer's passing it back from, you know, without looking for about 20 yards. That, that sort of end goal just doesn't happen anymore in the Premier League because teams play out so much. So that was fucking great to see. Um, I I think Arsenal looked pretty strong against Brighton. Um, I think their young talent had really good, you know, another good performance from the likes of Rowe and, and Saka, I thought was brilliant. So I think we're going to see more of the same from them in this game. Um, and while, you know, we all want to think Big Sam's going to Gonna shut up, shop, shop and, and get a result. I do think that Arsenal are gonna go for it and and, and get. I'm just going you know, off the Partons,
1: mate, because uh, Big has first game in charge. He got pasted, then got something at <laughs> Liverpool, and then obviously he's been beat by Leeds. Yeah. And now he's got another big six seat. or we'll both we'll say in quotations, big six uh, side to play. Um, and how would you think? Yeah, the Parton says that he's gonna get a point. <laughs> a point. A point off. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could eat.
2: I could definitely see it happen as well. Um, you could definitely see them, you know, coming away with like a nil nil or a one all or something. But I personally, I just think that Arsenal are going to have too much for them, and I, I think it's mainly because of that that blend of of youth and experience in the team. Um, with all the young players are going to deal with the running, like Saka, Smith Rowe, you know, Martinelli will get them into decent positions, and then they put the ball into Aubameyang or Lacazette, who can just finish it off. Um, so I think that's that's where. Arsenal's strength is going to come from this game and that's going to be too much for West Brom because as they proved the other night they're capable of having a, a pretty shambolic defensive performance. Um so that's that's where I stand on this game. Um when we come to review this we'll probably I'll probably be completely wrong. I mean, I've stuck my neck out on Arsenal here and they'll probably
1: have gone and had an absolute shit performance again and got beat 3-0 but you know
2: they'll
1: no, definitely be getting clapped if that's the case. Um... I probably... If it's the other <laughs> way around, it, it's not getting clipped. It's not even making it in the point. It's getting getting, getting cut out. <laughs> as much as I'd,
3: I'd like to agree with Simo um, and and say that Big Sam's going to do a job, I've got I've got to agree with Jed. I think Arsenal have have possibly turned the <laughs> corner now. Um, you know, they've their young players are playing well. They look hungry. They they want to get on the ball. And they want to they want to win. You can see that. Um, Le- West Brom were absolutely dreadful, weren't they? Against Leeds, and <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was absolutely yeah, diabolical to watch. Awful, I watched the games. game, and I, I, it was crazy. Um, and I feel like Arsenal. i on a bit of a, a bit of good run now, and their young players are going to want to stay in the side. Effectively, so I think I can see Arsenal. Arsenal beating West Brom, but strange things have happened in football. Arsenal haven't beating West Brom in, in three Premier League games away from home so you know there's a bit of a good omen for Big Sam and we don't know how much he likes to take a scalp from a big side so I'm hoping for a West Brom win but um,
2: I can't personally see it If if West Brom, if West Brom do, do a job on, on Arsenal it's a major Definitely. setback again for Arsenal because they've got two wins on the bounce now and, and to make it three that would be mm. enormous for them in this season and like you say there's every chance that, that West Brom could you know, do a job on them. Um, if, if that does happen, then it's panic stations again for Arsenal in my opinion. But if they do come out of it with a win, then they'll be looking at, you know, continuing to progress up the table and get themselves into a more respectable position. Um, and it's games like this that, that, that you have to win. And maybe, you know, maybe we've been too harsh on them in the last few weeks or so. Maybe this is them going to show the quality they have actually got. And, yeah, to be honest, if if that does happen, then, but to be honest,
1: on. I have to do win this, and it is three games double, and a In a row! In a row. <laughs> 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 so bad today. Uh, I will consider this a, a, a corner turned for Arsenal mm-hmm. uh, because then it'll be it'll be consistent mm-hmm. results that match you know fairly decent uh, a little still disjointed performances for me, but I still think they kind of look lacking in a little uh, in a few areas, uh, but. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I will consider if they can beat this stubborn West Brom side. That probably will come up a bit. Well, definitely will come more, more organised than they were against Leeds. If they can get something from that squad, I will I'll probably consider that a corner, a, a corner turned and Arsenal definitely in the right direction. Um, over eight, a match that probably no one wants to watch apart from Burnley film fans. <laughs> <laughs> Burnley film is a twelve o'clock click-off on Sunday. That is a, a most Sunday fixture. Get out of the way, early. Seen, Isn't it? It's Burnley, yeah. Fulham. It's
2: midday. It's at midday as well. but you know everyone's having a lie in, <laughs> can't really be bothered. Might catch, might catch the, the last twenty minutes of the second <laughs> half or something. Um, yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> to be honest, there's there's no part of me that really wants to sit and watch this game all the way through. Um, I think it's probably going to be either a nil-nil or one or some some sort of bore draw um, because they're both you yeah. know, average sides. Um, they'll cancel each other I think Burnley
3: I think Burnley will have enough to beat West Brom you know they've won three of their last five and they've drew one they've only lost one of their last five and that, that that's massive from Burnley um, at the moment considering you know it looked a few weeks ago that they were struggling as well and now they're starting to pick up a bit of form I think uh, I think this is probably a, a Burnley win um, I think it's, it's, at, it's at home as well so I know it doesn't make a difference but it, it kind of does, and Burnley are, are pretty decent at home. I, I think Burnley have enough to 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 beat um, I
1: would be I would be inclined to agree. The thing that I think might swing in Fulham's favour is that um, Fulham haven't played since the twenty sixth, mm. which means they're going to this match with uh, three days extra rest over Burnley. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound a lot, but that's a long time in, in, in football terms. In terms of this, mm. you know, this you know, that that about Fixtures that are played over this period, but it's just a lot of tired legs. You definitely do see a lot of strange results uh, near the the end of the of the year, where where um where it is in this sort of like between Christmas, New Year, and it's just carnage every day. Uh, I'll probably say that Scott Parker, if he's got any hopes of staying up, probably has to have an eye on this game and thinking, right, okay, that's definitely a six pointer for him. Um, he's got the rest. He's had the he's had the, the more time in the training ground to prepare for this. It should have been. Spending that time analysing Burnley and and really coming up with a big match plan, it's a big match for him. If he can win this, then maybe there is shades of hope that Fulham can can escape the draw this season. Yeah, um, you definitely agree in saying
2: that they will look at it as a six pointer. Um, this is why I think the teams will cancel each other out. Because on paper, Burnley have probably got more quality in the team. You know, they've they've more experience at the Premier League level um, in in that squad. So, um, I think that. It's, it's definitely going to be a, a draw for me because like you say similar they've had that extra fulham have had that extra break now since since boxing day which does make a difference um they can use potentially players who they wouldn't have been able to use um if they had to rotate the squad a little bit more had they had that game in midweek so this
1: is where I think it's going to be a this is what's going to level it out and, and it'll finish as a draw for me yeah big one big one big six point I oh, if Fulham do win this game, they will actually be out of the relegation zone. Um, oh, yeah. With yeah. Yeah, so uh, depending on the Brighton result. But they do have a game in hand over Brighton. And obviously they crawl closer to, to, to Burn, uh, Burnley if they do win this game. So if they do, they'll be within two points of sort overtaking Burnley, which is huge for Scott Park. And I kind of do, you, you don't get, when you do watch Fulham, you don't really get the feeling that they've given up. Or even it doesn't even come across as Scott Parker has given up in this season at all, um, and I think if they can get more decent signings in January, um, I mean obviously Loftus Cheek was uh, is one that's really turned them around, and maybe that extra of, you know quality, because he was he was sort of broken in easily, uh, so like just minutes substitute appearances till mm. till he's fully on, like he's a key component of the squad now. Um, I think you know I'm not I'm not I did have them down at the beginning of the season, but I'm not fully convinced that they will be going down. Um if they could keep um picking up this momentum. Obviously they they have not lost in four games. Um but they have not won in four games so <laughs> yeah. definitely they're an still, interesting
2: one. They're still down there. For me they're still down there as as relegation
1: candidates. Um but you know only time will tell I guess. Okay, so moving on to Newcastle Leicester. Another not particularly <laughs> Great one! That everybody's going to be looking forward to. Um, I've got this one down. Is probably you know Leicester carrying on a good form. Maybe Bruce, you know, does a good job of defending and maybe keeps Leicester out. I mean, for me, ah, Leicester just there's the better players, just better players. Yeah. Kind of, are they, I just have a quick yeah. look at their form. They are kind of picking up their form, aren't they?
3: Yeah, Leicester, I think, will be too strong for Newcastle yeah. in this. Jamie Vardy's got nine away Premier League mm-hmm. goals already this season, so I think. Dangerous. They're dangerous away from home, and and I th- yeah, I, it's not a game I'm particularly looking forward to. But it's one that I'll probably keep a bit of a close eye on because it is a has it maybe has that sleeper effect of it potentially could be a really interesting game. Um, but I think um, Leicester are too strong for Newcastle, and I'm, I'm going to say Jamie Vardy gets gets a couple of goals in that <laughs> one as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: less less yeah, haven't lost I'm, in a. They've lost one in the last five. So they are they are on yeah, the to... that's a good stat. I think the best
2: Newcastle can hope for is a draw out of this game, to be honest, because Leicester are, are far superior attacking-wise, and yeah, you know, we did see Newcastle put in a pretty spirited defensive performance against Liverpool in the week, and obviously held them to a draw, which is a really good result for them. So that will obviously um, you know spur them on a little bit, but I just think they lack so much going forward that they're not really going to cause Leicester any problems. So it'll only be a case of you know them. Defending again and hoping that Leicester don't put the ball in the net, but with players like Vardy in the team, it's more than likely going to end up going in the net. So, um I think Leicester will be too strong for them. Um, but you know, there's not much else I can add to this. To be fair, because I don't, like, I don't think it's uh, it's going to be a, a majorly exciting game. I think it'll be a standard. Stand to a Leicester performance, and they'll grind out, you know, one 0 two 0 win. But I can't see Newcastle threatening them. Stop
1: really. Stubborn side, Newcastle, aren't they? Stubborn side. too they, they, they might, turn up with something. Mm. Um, but but we'll see. Yeah, Leicester only one, only lost one in the last five. They're obviously there's a couple of draws in there as well. But you know, hard fought draws that you'd, you'd probably expect them to get. Um, I think yeah, uh, Brendan Rodgers. I enter less than three points for him this season, uh, This this game, he will be disappointed yeah. um, at the end of it. Uh, moving yeah. on to yeah. Chelsea, Man City. Um, Frank Lampard's got to get something, or he's at least not. He can't be embarrassed, yeah, because he's not covering himself mm-hmm. in glory with his last few results. No, absolutely. This is a a, a
2: bigger game for Chelsea than it is for Man City, one hundred percent. And you know, even though Man City do probably need to walk away with a win here as well, um, there's a lot more pressure on Chelsea. And I don't know whether we're going to see Chelsea perform to their best of their abilities, really, um, because Manchester City are. You know, a, a, a decent side, still, and, and you know they're still going to cause Chelsea problems. Um, it's it's going to be another intriguing game. Yeah, if we it goes ahead. The thing, I think the problem with Man City at the moment
3: is obviously they've got five players out with coronavirus, and we don't know who three of them are. So, it, you mm-hmm. know, if that's that, Carl Walker's already out. So, if it's more of that back line, I think potentially as, as an issue there of. Of, of being a quite a big problem because Chelsea's attacking options are quite strong when they want, when they kind of want to be. Um, and it, it, if any more defenders, I think, are missing for City, I think that could potentially play a big part in this game. Um, we don't know, obviously, who's out, so it's it's interesting in that regard. But uh, for me, I think Olivier Giroud has probably got a start for Chelsea. He's scored 11 in 11 or mm-hmm. 14 starts this season. Well, in 2020. So that's, that, that. you know, when he's playing at the minute, he's scoring goals. And I don't know why you'd, le- you'd leave him out uh, of this game. If I was Frank Lampard, he'd, he'd probably be my yeah. first name on that team sheet. Do you know
1: what I think? It kind of looks like after the board invested so much in these players, like, for him to buy them, then not use them, kind of like, because he'd obviously <laughs> back, Frank would have had a, a big say in these players coming. Um, You know, I mean, if... If you, buy, if you buy these players and still 34-year-old 40, 40, 30, Olivier Giroud that was already at the club um, is, uh, is scoring more than them, it kind like, of undermines your signing philosophy just a though, little bit. The problem is oh, these... Definitely, but I mean... Sorry, but with, with
2: Chelsea's signing philosophy, you could say that for you know <laughs> the last few seasons, really, because they do they, they throw a lot of money at the players. If they don't perform, they throw mm. money at another player and you know let them go. So um, I don't think they'll be too concerned with that. But yeah, Giroud is is on fire at the minute. You, you have to start. I, I, I just feel really like you know
3: you you're signing three or four players in the same sort of area of the pitch and you're uh, expecting them all to just gel instantly and perform to this level and you know it's a completely different league they've not had a pre-season uh, they're all playing together mm. for the first time under a pretty inexperienced coach in that regard as well so I get what you're saying about you know you've got to start them but at the same time if they're not performing you know you're going to drop them they've you're got, going to yeah, drop them have that, got, the like got to find that balance, coming it? in and scoring goals regularly mm. so you've got to start them <laughs>
2: Yeah, the goal that Giroud scored against Villa in the week—I don't think anyone no, else ball. in the Chelsea team scores no, that goal. No, um, it's like a a low cross floated in, and and he's the one who is taking a gamble on it and has got the quality to to challenge and win that ball and put it in the net. I don't think I'd yeah. say anyone else scores it. So this is why I think he's crucial. And like Jake said, if, if they're Chelsea are missing defensive players, then Giroud could be a masterstroke player to to start in this game because. He can definitely cause problems to to any defender really. Um, but if it's a you know not Man City's first choice defenders, is is it definitely mm. goes more in Chelsea's favour to play him. And um yeah, as I say, it's gonna be an interesting game. They're not
1: they're not probably gonna get as many chances against Man City as they're gonna get against the majority of the opposition in the Premier League this season. So for me, mm. it heads are bet that is the best finisher at Chelsea Football Club at this time. If you're not gonna get a whole lot of chances in the game, it kinda of does make sense to have him be the one that that take them, uh, because he does. He has been living off scrap performances in terms of like he gets like thirty minutes there, and then he's been getting. Obviously, has been um, he has had a run recently, but before that, he was just like coming on, scoring, coming on, scoring, mm-hmm. coming on, scoring, and and <laughs> and kind of getting him out of trouble, and or, or even piling on the misery of the teams that were already beaten. But yeah, you know he's given he's given Frank Lampard a headache in terms of like. He shouldn't be picking him. He should be first-choice striker at a club like Chelsea. I 34, you know, <laughs> probably shouldn't be the first-choice striker at a top-six side. But he's making himself that man and he's making up Frank, which is obviously what you need to do as a striker. You need to make up the manager's mind for him. And this, and this, Definitely. And
2: they, they still need him as well. They, like, it's not like um, he's replaceable as, as easily as you'd think in, in that team because he had so much you know, like physical presence and obviously... Has that yeah. finishing ability as well, um, and like you said, he's he's making Frank Lampard pick him at the moment. And if if Lampard doesn't pick him, questions then, are asked. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Questions are asked, and that's uh, in my opinion the the wrong decisions being made by Lampard, essentially exposing the fact that he may not be you know, cut out for this level if he can't make those sort of calls. Um, but you know, Chelsea having to play the players that they've spent so much money on is definitely an interesting. Concept as well. It's something that not a lot of teams have to sort of contend with um, because the board definitely have a lot of influence in, in who they bring in as well because they throw so much money at, at players. So it's probably a difficult job to have,
1: isn't it, at yeah. this point? Chelsea? I think it was always uh, going to be a difficult job because he, he does play in, he mm. plays in, a, in the same league as Manchester City and Liverpool. Two teams that are just. Yeah. So yeah. there's this field sort of like world class players. And I think Man City could probably still miss five players. Just bring in another 200 million pounds worth the of players off the bench. And good, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, they've yeah, got like at yeah. <laughs> a back line, they, they could obviously they're, they are missing a, a, a left back, a, a, a true sort of world class sort of left back. They're, they're still sort of missing that. Um, but Nathan Arkin can play at left back, uh, George Stones can probably play at left back. I mean, they could even move Guddahin back there, or yeah, they have. Plenty of options I think To, to, to come into that position And centre back again A bit if, if they're missing Important players Like Ruben Diaz mm. That's not going to look Too good I mean Chelsea Probably will be Licking their lips If they, if important players Like him Aren't missing uh, But moving on To uh, One that I'm really Looking forward to I always look forward to This fixture Southampton Liverpool Two sides that I, that I admire Quite a bit uh, I admire uh, Hassan Hutto And his philosophy mm. And his um, For me Having that, that after that nine 0 defeat, staying and doing doing what he's done, uh, on a on limited on a limited budget. On, I mean, he's sold more than he's bought. Mm. I think <laughs> at this point. Um, that's <laughs> uh, just. I think like as a as a coach that that just for training sessions and and creating a system that's easy for players to understand and easy for players to to know how to capitalize against pretty much any side. Um. Because Southampton are definitely a team that they don't really adapt their football to the opposition. They kind of try and make the opposition adapt yeah. to them. Uh, so I think there's a lot to admire about Southampton and, and Um I think Liverpool probably, mm-hmm. this is a difficult fixture for them. It always is. Again, well, any team that comes against Southampton probably these days sort of find, find it as, I don't really want to play that match. It's going to be, even the players <laughs> probably don't think, I really don't want to run against <laughs> Southampton. I mean, um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be hard for, I think. Uh, Liverpool are going to need to put out the right midfield mm. against uh, I think the midfield battle will be important because Southampton tend to use their midfield quality um, and uh, obviously Ward Prowse is a sort of talisman and uh, uh, Romeo, yeah. who's got uh, more tackles than any other player in the he's Premier League like this isn't he? season Romeo as well. he's so uh, he does yeah, he does Very good he's, he's does the business and the stats don't lie. He wins the ball in the middle of the park more than any other player in the Premier League. So I think Liverpool will probably miss Fabinho. I think if Fabinho was playing in midfield it would definitely be a match for the wheel Uh but obviously it's going instead of Fabinho will probably be like Jordan Henderson. Um I could probably foresee Jordan Henderson Genie and Jones being the starting mm. free in midfield for, for, for Liverpool failing that maybe Tiago does come in. Although he's only had 30 minutes uh, since coming back from injury, so I don't know if this is the best game to bring him straight back into. Um, but yeah, interesting fixture. I think
2: it's a bad time for Liverpool to have to play Southampton, to be honest, um, because Southampton are a very good side. They set up really well, as you were saying, Simo, about the way that that Hasan sets the team up. And um, they they like to press and you know play their way basically and, and force other teams to have to to up their game. And at the moment, after the last couple of games, obviously Liverpool have shown you know not taking their chances. They've not really been clinical enough. If they if they do the same against Southampton, they could be punished for that because you know. Danny Ings only needs mm. one chance, and any you know that could be where the game, where this game is won basically, is who takes their chances. And at the minute, you know Liverpool haven't been on in the, in the best form in, t- in that sense. You know, obviously, not being able to score against Newcastle and, and draw in with with West Brom. Um, so I think Southampton potentially could fancy this one and maybe see it, see it as a bit of an upset if you know to come away with a win. I'm not really going to call it though on this one because I, I, I can't decide who has has the better you know, who's the strongest team at this point uh, like you say it's definitely going to be an uh, intriguing game uh, a good battle and the midfield is yeah, going
3: to be key it, as well I, I looked at the fixtures um, and this like you say both of you it's one that as a Liverpool fan I looked at and I was just like not, not these <laughs> like um,
1: <laughs> you know their draws against
3: Newcastle and West Brom have been were were quite frankly dreadful from Liverpool they were shocking and attacking uh and they, they you know like you said they couldn't finish their tee against either side really and I think this is a tough game you know but I think the the key thing here for for Southampton is missing Vestergaard. I think that's a it's a massive miss for them. I know, hmm. obviously, he's similar. He's sort of their Van Dijk at the back, isn't he? He's that sort of player, very similar sort of players. Um, and he, he potentially is a key key hmm. miss for them. But having Danny Ings back is massive as well. If he wasn't playing, I'd, I'd definitely I'd be more worried about Southampton. But the fact that he's probably going to start, and like you said, Jed, he does only need that one chance. But then again, you know, so do the Liverpool players. They haven't been firing recently, but is it potentially one of those where they find their scoring boots again and, and they still start putting these chances away? I, I agree with you both. The midfield is the key battle here. Who lines up for Liverpool is going to be key for me.
1: I'm, I'm missing Jota. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing Jota, not just for what he offers on the pitch. I think what he offers on the pitch is obviously very, very special. He's a special kind of player. Um, and he's shown that since being at Liverpool. I think it was like his his mentality um, to match the superstars that he was going to be competing against for places mm-hmm. uh, and for him to kind of like match their performances. I thought I was just really, really impressed by it. Uh, but it's not... I am missing the, the competition for places in the front three of Liverpool. Davao Creek has fallen mm-hmm. so far behind that it just doesn't make any sort of sense for him, for, for him to be selected. Um, just because when he, he does come on, it's just, he, he just looks a bit, looks a bit looks lost, bit lost in the pitch. Lost, yeah. Looks a bit lost in the pitch. And, uh, I think for me, like, Divock should, the Clock won't let him go in January, 100%. I mean, unless the right offer comes in and it's the right money mm. and they're going to get, a, they're going to get someone into the place. Um, but I think Liverpool are probably missing, like, a Danny Ings or, or something like that to, to come in and, and play when Bobby's not playing there. I mean, the way the Liverpool plays, you don't really need a, a lot of height in the front three because a lot of the ball is moved across the floor. Yeah. The, the worst game I've seen Liverpool play this season was when they were just chipping away with, with high level crosses into the box, but but just they just know that's not their strength. Move the ball across the floor, cut inside, hmm. move the ball, cut the ball back, um, and play sort of like that. The, the football that suits Liverpool. I mean, Mo Salah is not going to win any, many headers <laughs> against you know what I mean against I, I back lines in the Premier League but generally centre backs are quite tall and physical Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think they just need to play their football I'm missing a competition that Jota brings to the front three uh, but we'll, we'll see I do think Liverpool probably do a, a good performance I agree and,
3: and having Thiago back is massive as well you know he, he, was, he played against he come on off the bench against Newcastle and you've seen the difference he made straight away you know he, he's always looking for the ball and for me he's one of the the few players in the premier league that could probably play any pass that he wants to play he sees things a different way him and sort of de bruyne and and they're the, the two for me that can really unlock any defense, and I think having Shakiri back as well is, is, is quite a big one because he, uh, you know, he's for me when
1: it, it was a game changer. He the absolutely one is
3: a game changer, you know, Shakiri, But for some reason, Klopp only likes to bring him on for the last like three minutes of the game. Which I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously messaging you, Simo, during that Newcastle game, and, and I said, you know, why is it, why why are you bothering bringing him on now at this point?
1: I know, I know. It's it's just a kill time, and I think a player of Shaqiri's quality probably deserves a wee bit better yeah. than that. I mean, there's been there's been a like obviously, but big huge fan. Me, me and Jacob, big huge fans of Klopp, huge fans of Klopp. But doesn't mean he's free from criticism. Like complaining that he wants more subs in the Premier League, where he's bringing on, he's not he's not making any changes and and games really. And there's been games where the, the game has won, and there, there's not been the right or, or not. Not been changes made. I mean, like, like if the, if the game is won, then maybe Chikiri can come on for twenty five minutes or something. <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, and, that or that or maybe of... Divok can Divock can get like a. Can, that... Why can't we get Divok on for like a full half? Do you know what I mean? And um, That
3: Newcastle game ooh. for me was one where you want someone like Shaqiri on the pitch who can find that pass that no one else can see because he he's proven time and time again that he can, he does have that vision. And, you know, like you say, instead mm-hmm. of lumping the ball in the box, put him on the pitch and he'll find that pass along the ground to, to one of the front three. And and he yeah. does do that regularly. And every time he sort of plays well, he vanishes for six months and then appears again. <laughs> and you're like, well, where's he been? <laughs>
2: Well, I think what's going to make this game interesting is whether Liverpool have the time to yeah. sit and play those passes. You know, I like, they like to play sort of long passes diagonally, you know, trying to get the, the wing-backs in or get the, the front three into attacking positions. And the likes of Thiago will sit there and you know, Henderson will sit there and play those sorts of passes. But are Southampton going to give them that sort of time and space mm-hmm. on the ball to be able to do that? Probably not because, they you know, they have a high work rate they like to press, Um they all want to make sure that Liverpool don't do that because they are strong when they're playing those sorts of balls so this is where you know, as, as we say the midfield's going to going to come into play and obviously Liverpool definitely do need to have a good performance but whether Southampton allow them
1: to is, is going to be another story definitely one of the more competitive matches I think um, of this match week yeah uh, but that's going to do it for match week 17 um We've got a transfer show coming out on the 3rd, so tune in for that. It'll be, it'll be really, really interesting. Uh, other than that, we'll be back on the 5th for the review of Match Week 17. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, listeners. Uh, thanks very so much, Jake Thank and Jed. Thank you Jen. very much, mate. <laughs> no
3: worries. Uh, <laughs>
1: been a pleasure as always, boys. Uh, and we will see you in the next one. <laughs> Cheers, bye. Toodles. <laughs>